0: Thank you to ATB Financial. I've experienced firsthand their direct support for Alberta entrepreneurs and local culture. ATB has recently built creative centers known as The Branch, one in downtown Edmonton and one right here in Calgary on Stephen Avenue. ATB Branch for Arts and Culture understands artists don't live by the rules of standard pay schedules. It's a creative space for creative professionals. And just one more way ATB will always be more than just a bank. Visit atb.com slash thebranch to find out how ATB can support your career in the arts. I'm back. After a few weeks to collect myself, I'm here to get the Perspectives Mojo back. To start off, this episode is a conversation I had with my friend Philip David way back in September. I had learned that Philip was moving away from Calgary, Gasp, and I needed to find out why. I first met him probably in 2013, when he answered a Kijiji ad to buy a tripod from me. We exchanged socials and we've moved on from there. He's shown his work in both Perspective's art shows and in our magazine. As you're about to find out, he was a professional online poker player and he has his own take on art life, how it relates through his structured gambling experience and his own insight into the Calgary art scene Let's listen to his take on art life, how he views his world through his structured gambling experience, his insight into the Calgary art scene, and why he's on his way back to Saskatchewan. Check out his work on Instagram at Inner Street Corner.
1: Maybe you shouldn't put this on the internet, but <laughs> to get one dollar coffee. I just for... keep
0: beep. I just, I just beep it up. <laughs> um,
1: life hacks, but yeah. Anyways, Calgary. It's been an experience.
0: Yeah, it's I, okay, a trip. So
1: Moved Phil. here in September 2012.
0: Yeah, tell me about that. I mean, I cut you off here. No, it's okay. Three let's, two one, we'll take. What brought you out here? How did we meet? And uh, what's been going on?
1: What brought me out here was I quit my job and moved here to Calgary. Actually, like, I was doing seismic exploration drilling operations. Oh. I made up a title on calling myself an explosive placement technician. Really fancy terms of saying he working seismic drilling and holes of dynamite for seismic exploration purposes, yeah.
0: Is that something you go to school for? Or oh, no. You just blow shit up?
1: <laughs> we don't really, Oh well, yeah, we don't blow shit up. We don't You'd be man.
0: hired by like an engineering firm or whatever.
1: Just an ordinary drilling company, actually. Absolutely. I got into it by uh, being a car detailer at Enterprise. I was actually, yeah, I was 19. Let's like backtrack it to like when I was 18, working in BAM housekeeping from there. Yeah. I went back to Moose Jaw and then got a job into the newly renovated Thomas Cook, which turned into Champs, Sports Bar and Grill, nightclub bar, work and kitchen, and then did dishwashing there because that was my skills from the high school. So I took my skills and applied them to the other dishes in another restaurant. That's
0: how life works. Yeah.
1: And from there, eventually, I, well, did some disk jockeying, if you want to call it that but I was always into music, downloading music, dial up, waiting a week for a whole album to be done. And from there, yeah, I was DJing in Moose show, lowest paid DJ probably ever in history. But it was fun, it was an experience, life experience with anything. And from there I went to Enterprise. They were looking for a part-time detailer, and I always cleaned cars in my youth. And from there, my boss, Sherry, her now husband, Don, was working seismic surveying. And I wanted to get onto the rigs, so I talked to him, called the boss, and got up north to Lavash, Alberta, and spent 60 days straight working in camp job, first kind of gig. And it was really interesting, too. Did the drilling thing for on and off, seasonal work. And I was just sick of it, and I needed a place to live, and I was really into music, Ableton Live, piano, just making music, I wanna make music, right? So I went to Calgary, there was a few music courses being offered here in town. Took those for a couple months, and actually, I've always played poker as a kid, since I was like 18. House games in the basement and all that, right? And I've always played live when it was nine so you would be able to get into the emails here and there. But uh, yeah, just out that, that poker boom basically, money, Chris Moneymaker effect, if anyone's familiar with poker, they'll know what I'm talking about. Moved to Calgary, quit my job, took some music courses, kind of wanted to relax, made some bank, just didn't want to work anymore and just enjoy life and I took the poker thing on as a full-time gig. And from there it was, it was a struggle, 2014-15. Learning experience, as with that but it felt like I was going to like the school of me, almost. Mm-hmm. I was learning about myself because I was isolated. You know, you play online, you click buttons, you're yeah, you talking just- to yourself, you're jamming to music, and then from there, I kind of, I guess you could say, my public career started off from 2014 up all the way up to now, <clears throat> and then uh, 2016, 17, 18 was successful. Yeah, I made ends meet. Basically, and then, yeah, just my own boss, right? So, and then from there, I wanted to isolate a hobby and music, it was kind of fading away. I, always, I played guitar since I was 11, 12, but then the music thing, I was just appreciating music more and listening to it. I always enjoyed listening to music. So I just kind of faded away from creating it because that's an art form on its own. It's time and dedication to make it really clean. And then from there, I just kind of, I always had photography. I had a D90 bought back in, like, 2000. Well, i say, maybe nine or 10. Whenever they discontinued them from the stores, I picked up a D90, a 50 mil, and I kind of was shooting a little bit here, but I was very a noob and I probably still have those photos that I took of, I remember that day, kind of going out, practicing. And I remember it was storming one night where I was like fascinated with those lightning shots, so I got in my car and like drove out to the, like middle of nowhere field and <laughs> holding this camera. I'm like, why can't I get these lightning shots that I always see? What's going on here? How can I make this thing work? Yeah, it
0: was a nuanced,
1: yeah. So, and then it was on and off with every hobby that I have, like guitar, poker, photography. Like anything with hobbies, you kind of have to, you no, know, you have to pick one and isolate it and learn it inside it out if you want to master it. So I took photography and there was a few courses here in town. I took basic ones, and there was a actually a photo school with an F called. And the instructor was really great. My first name is Brad, and I can't remember his last name, but really a great guy and a great teacher. And he really taught me at a kind of that aha moment. Where it was almost I was teaching him a, near the end, he was kept saying a couple times. So 2014 I was just picked up a camera and started documenting just still photographs of what was on my mind, what I was thinking. Because especially being a poker player, you really go through the emotions of variance, downswings, upswings. You can go two, three months without making anything where that's stressful. Because you gotta pay bills and all that, but that's where the bankroll comes in, right? Where you have a life roll and a poker roll. And you can... Sustain so those swings and still play your A game and not think about that. The mentality thing of it, where a lot of people they live, did, yeah, day by day, check by check, that's not healthy, mindset wise. I basically had my accounts just filled where I didn't have to withdraw or anything. And then in the photography thing, it's just kind of caught on, took a few courses, and then from 2014, I grabbed the X100F, I think, or no, not F, that was this year's. It would've been the S model. Anyways, models, cameras, it was a camera, it was a Fuji, it was an X100. And I just shot an F8, black and white, just went out and played, learned it, after priority, and then from there, like 2015, 16, just kind of caught on, shot more and more and more. And uh, yeah. Applied for some gigs. Down the road, I was shooting whitewater rafting two seasons a row. Met a cool photographer out there that did whitewater rafting for around, I think, fifteen years, fifteen seasons.
0: So, I mean, rewinding a bit, mm-hmm. you know, you brought up this idea of your experiences with poker, your previous life, essentially informing your photography. I mean, what do you mean by that? I mean, you're here in Calgary. Mm-hmm. You've got your camera. You're, let's say you're on a downswing and someone's
1: flattened out. Many times. Yeah. There's a thing called coaching. Where you can get coaching and like improve your play, go go over your database, your numbers, crunch it, plug your leaks as we call it. It's essentially like chess where you make a bad move. You tag it, you learn from it, and you think, what could I have done? What could I move? What three other options could I have done? I like to tell like what's on my mind when I take photos. Yeah. It's a it's, it's a photograph with it's a still image, but it has, I wanna have it have it as have it have the photographs as a meaning a purpose of almost like it's just a diary, a photographic diary for myself and then if I share it and people enjoy it, cool, whatever. But essentially, it's just, yeah, memory for myself to look back. Where we all have that photographic memory in our mind, but with still images, you just shoot for yourself, honestly. Don't like, photograph for anyone else or anything. It's just, it's uh, I treat it as like, yeah, just a journey, as a uh, kind of look back. But to get back to your question of like down swings where like, say if you swing $2,000 in a day, it's not fun. How would you feel if you lost thousand dollars in one day? Where you'd go out and start photographing things you see and how you feel. And it's quite interesting of what you can capture. and It's almost like a stress relief too. Where it's photography of meditation. You can tie that in a lot with the contemplative aspect of photography. Oh. Okay just picking out like details out of the world as it's a blank canvas
0: you know I'm thinking about this idea of you taking a big hit you know what motivates you to even pick up your camera and not just lie down mm-hmm. and tell the world to go fuck itself you know or like punch your laptop in the face I mean, um, and then never mind let's say yeah something meditative something mm-hmm. positive but you're going out uh, you bring a camera out and then you're at least in hindsight talking about uh, expressing something I mean there's a bit of a paradox you know telling us sort of this intuitive thing that you do something for yourself but also being acutely aware that it is going to be seen by someone you know you're on Instagram Mm -hmm. you've done some uh, work through photography so you know where do you think you are at? Let's say we, we put ourselves in that uh, moment and you've had a bad swing and you're about to walk out with your camera. What's going th- What's going through you? What, why are you yeah. even bringing a camera? <laughs> well,
1: if you want to talk to like two or three year old Philip, yeah. he would say, yeah, tilts. That'd be a tilt issue, but you might not be aware of it, too. Where a lot of people think, hey, they might be pissed off, right? That's their first kind of instant reaction. They're mad, they're upset, where you're you are gonna be. Well, to overcome that is willpower and to think of it's just another it's just another hand, another play, right? Where you gotta go over what went wrong, what you could have done better. Where it's it's I'm trying to think of like how to phrase it or um, it's, your con- it's, your, uh, it's like yeah, you're conscious and subconscious. It's You gotta tell yourself it's only another hand. You gotta be, you have to have a strength in you to like overcome like tilt issues. Where if you are mad and like continue to play, you're gonna just keep digging a bigger hole where.
0: This, this is the thing. There's a huge element of life experience there, right? Where let's say because you, for whatever reason, put into poker this strongly, and you're playing a thousand mm. hands a day, Statistically, all of a sudden, it's not like if I go to a buddy's house and then somebody beats me, you know, mm-hmm. some shit thing. I'm, like, oh, I'm never going to play again. But you're going to get beat often. And, you're gonna, and you are mm-hmm. gonna, uh, and the people that are trying to make this into, let's say, a career or at least uh, more than just the... To a make a living play. out of it. Right. right. You're going to take it more analytically. It's
1: an easy game. Yeah, it's yeah. Yeah, interesting. Tough way, or I mean an easy way to make a tough, yeah, or have this, I don't the saying is, but... Uh,
0: so, okay, so, we, we have this bad run, you decide to go out. How aware are you that, you know, let's Like, bad ones.
1: runs don't, like, there's the good runs, too, where you, you talk to a lot of people that yeah. don't play poker, they always, the first question they always ask is when oh, how much you've lost. Yeah. Where they're not, they have a different kind of, I guess I could say it's like poker players even have a different kind of mindset, it's an analytical mind, where you're training yourself almost, where you, by like playing just strategic games, you can apply that to life and just everyday life and everything where okay, it's, um...
0: So, let me rephrase that. Whether it's a, a bad run or a good run, mm. you get out, you decide to walk the streets, here presumably in Calgary, you've got your camera. You know, how intuitive are the shots, how planned? Are you going to specific areas that you know, you know, you have got this thought in your head that you need to get this type of frame? Or are you just walking randomly? A lot of the
1: times I just kind of go for it a walk and adventure and- kind of just, if it's a good day, good lighting, I'll just go out there and start walking and just follow the light, shadows, highlights, just kind of observe. And a lot of it is depending on it, how you're feeling too. If you're feeling, you want to be open, you can go do street photography and see how people react. And street photography is a different whole different element in Beast because it brings out even the character in you. Where if you're shooting at angles or behind a person or in front of a person, like how brave and how like how oh, aware, how aware are you? So street photographer is a really different beast. And
0: I've been thinking about that too. I've rekindled a little bit and been out a lot of shooting the last couple of weeks or two weeks, and uh, I've noticed that I'm much more self-aware mm-hmm. than I was, let's say, a year ago. That uh, your
1: angles change with yeah. street photography, where it's because you essentially taking portraits of strangers and just putting yourself in their shoes and then seeing someone point a camera or a flashing camera at you. It's just like how would you like take it or yeah, it's it's an interesting fact. It's the classified it as street photography, it's like almost like it's a stranger portrait photography or it's just it's another art form of photography. But it can really connect even with the human nature of yourself.
0: It's interesting too that you're using the term street photography. Mm-hmm. But it's on the street, a, but... Yeah, you're talking about a type of portraiture, looking for human forms, mm-hmm. spaces... Strangers.
1: Stranger. It's like stranger and architecture. Where even this year, I've, I haven't done a lot of like, stranger portraits, portrait stranger photography. Yeah. Couple here and there, but I've wanted to focus on more of like just the elements, architecture, and streets. All I'm finding that. myself
0: doing that too. I'm just mm-hmm. I'm moving away from this idea of it almost feels maybe it's Instagram. And I, I mean, if we want to talk about it, I, I can go ahead and like now about social media because I'm, I'm done with it. But um, you know, it almost feels played out that like you can get somebody, you know, crossing the street, mm-hmm. framed by the square or something, and it becomes a popular image. But I don't know. You know I like, don't it kills the ego sometimes, where you
1: have to like think to yourself, oh man, I need a person in this shot so bad. I need someone walking in this frame. Where just drop that and just work on like just the building. We don't need like you can have that element of a person in there. Just, you know. but it's it's a different type of photography. Where,
0: yeah. When you make that decision, how aware of you are? How aware are you that it's going to be seen by somebody else? Like, are you thinking, for example? when you're shooting somewhere, whether it's the treetops or, I mean, you've done some great architecture, light, shadow work, or uh, as we were talking about, you know, a human interaction, crossing the street, cars, whatever the standard sort of uh, stereotype of street photographers become. Mm -hmm. How much of it has become in your mind and your experience about Instagram and about website Um, and about employment?
1: Even like this year, Instagram, it's cool and all, but I feel like the world's even oversaturated with art. Where the platform is cool, but I think there's. There's gotta be something else. There's gonna be something else. There's always something else. It's just a matter of thinking and yeah, what do we need next? We, have, we need to slow down. What next? We need to, like. We're oversaturated. We're overconsumed with content, and a lot of people now. Even you can apply a lot of poker terms, so like people are going on silk because they're not getting a lot not enough likes or something or they're not getting the recognition they need or it's it's killing their ego or it's killing their art of photography too where they have to prove a point maybe to someone they have to prove to someone or that everyone hey look at my photo they're not doing it for themselves maybe not maybe no but she's just thinking out oh, loud. or don't quote me on it but yeah that's the problem with like social media too it's so easy now to put your shit out there and like click upload or like say take it back to like 96 where we go out and photograph and you go upload your shit to Napster like now it's (laughs) it's yeah like I don't know it'd it'd be different it's oversaturated too but I don't know it's i try not to think about it too much for me like sometimes i'll just throw a photo on there if you have enough followers and like genuine audience of like 12 or 15 people hey if they connect to that photo i don't know i don't have to use hashtags or anything but if they just kind of connect to it without that then my work is done too and they enjoy it
0: just like this fascinating thing you said too Thousand followers, fifteen engaged audience. I mean, the whole thing becomes this subterfuge. This that's clown. The thing
1: back in the day where people were buying followers. Yeah, buying likes. Where it's funny. I'm not going to name names, but there's a few people where you scroll through their shit, and they have like, I don't know, a thousand likes where they have a hundred thousand followers. It's like, what the fuck, man? Yeah. Then it just now it comes to like a marketing thing. And that's another sub thing where you can say are you are you a marketer? Are you wanna do you wanna sell are your photographers? that like stock image or are you an artist? The artist thing is Let's it's talk shooting about for yourself, right? Right. Well that's how I that's what I getting back to like playing poker professionally. I just shot for myself with the good times and the bad times. I just went out and photographed because it's more or less like a, it's a meditation camera in hand. It feels good to click the shutter or just frame something where and I've, even back in the day, I don't do this anymore, but I to shoot like raw, but I have my camera in black and white all the time. Where I go and shoot black and white, I love the tones. And it's, you train yourself even to see in black and white after a while. And then you go back home, you load them onto your computer, they'll be in color, so it almost feels like Christmas. Hmm. So it was, changes I always so- like that, like, that surprise of like I created this, and then you see them in color, it just pops, and it just yeah.
0: Fascinating thing quickly on that is I mean how a framed image and its content is so different in color and black and white. Mm-hmm. And so if you're shooting, thinking about contrast, and then you get it in full color, and the image is completely different. I mean mm-hmm. different parts of it are going to be so blended into itself.
1: And like you're seeing it in color too, but then you shoot in black and white. No. It's interesting. It's yeah. It's a essentially a photography camera. It's just it's a tool, and you just click the shutter. But this all these like upgrades of the new Sony, the new Nikon, this new camera, the new iPhone, the new, 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 new. We don't need this shit. Like my camera, it's 2016. Oh yeah, and I'm happy with it. I learned it inside and out. note with like anything. What I'm getting at here is just Yeah. Your camera's a tool where you're not gonna upgrade your eyes ever. You're not gonna go out and get some new eyes. I want blue eyes. Suck all my eyes off it's
0: Wow. <laughs> but, well yeah, we won't talk about where right, cosmetic like, surgery is going flat.
1: <laughs> but essentially it's it's your mind. Your your mind is your camera.
0: Well so, so this is the thing, I and mean, it's interesting kind of tying back into the whole thing. I mean yeah. stating this great idea of our equipment being tools, and the image our and our products being reflections of ourselves, mm-hmm. but then this counterpoint of whether I'm dealing with myself as a quote unquote artist versus a marketer, uh, distinguishing this idea of, you know, am I taking this photograph, That's or hitting the shutter because it's something that I like or something that I'm aware that other people like for mm-hmm. me? And how, that, how confusing is that? It ties
1: back <laughs> into yeah, that marketing and artists and it's a tough balance. It's really and the people that balance it, they're they're the they're the warriors out there that are doing the shit. They're on top, right? Or they might have just gotten a good clients and from there it just snowballed them to another client, another client, another client. And to who you know but they got it. they have to start somewhere too. They have to have been there with like only knowing one or two persons where it's it's a grind. And it ties back into, like, even just playing cards is a grind, it's an art form, right? People think, like, just poker cards, you're gambling. There's an aspect of gambling to it. We're waging, we're playing for dollars a stake, but there's certain limits. You can play 10 cent, 25 cent. You can play 2K, 4K. <laughs> you can either buy it for $20, $25, which is $100. 100 BB, 10 cent, 25 cent. 51, okay, let's break it down to 50 cent, $1. that's 100 BBs, or you can play 50, 100, which is a $10,000 buy-in, which 100 BBs. Same type of poker they're playing, high-stakes games, and
0: like,
1: low-stakes, mid-stakes. I lost a train of thought. It's okay, yeah,
0: here's my thought about your losing your train of thought, which is this, I mean, everything we're talking about, we're going back to your clear obsession with poker. Let let me ask this question, which is, uh, as like you became a photographer.
1: Like a it's a It's a trade. Forget we get to your question? Sorry, Frank. No, through. it's okay. No, I, I found my train of thought, but you go on now. I, I know what it is.
0: I was just going to quick glass. You know, you're, you're doing this poker thing, you're living in Calgary, you do this hobby thing with the photography, it starts to grow a little bit. Um, I mean, the reason why I wanted to talk to you really is we found out from the meeting last Friday that you're leaving. Mm-hmm. So, Your passion is clearly poker. I mean, you have a passion for photography and you're good at it, but it's clear poker because everything you talk about comes back to poker. You were making a living. Mm -hmm. I don't know how it is now. Um, You've had your own experiences with the Calgary art scene and the photography scene. You've done some uh, commercial jobs. So, I mean, as an overview, what is it about Calgary that you're leaving?
1: Essentially, I love the city. I wouldn't want to leave. We kind of, it's a mixed emotion. Some days it's like, yeah, I'm ready to leave. Some days it's like, I'll miss this city because it's just, I love how it's set up. The streets, to get around, the downtown feels like a downtown. I've been to like a few cities where, like, Edmonton, Vancouver briefly, but, like, you would take for an example Saskatoon, Regina, but, like, you can go back to Calgary, the downtown just feels like downtown. There's that Stephen Avenue intersections, avenues, and streets. From poker, it's a, it's a grind. Like, I've been going professionally now since 2014, or 2016, 17, 18. The games don't get easier, too. The games get tougher, and there's a lot of shit going on right now in, in the ecosystem, we call it, in the online world, where there's a lot of solvers and bots and people using illegal programs, where you don't even know if you're playing against an actual human being or someone that's using software that's making Real time decisions where your uh, human element anymore is just not there, where you're just you could be getting beat, mm-hmm. where you're basically playing, playing against AI, artificial intelligence, where there's a lot of solvers, Pio, Munker. where even Facebook, the algorithm of Facebook, they created a it's called Pluribus, they created this AI poker program from basically $200, $250. So what I'm getting at
0: is like, it's dry enough.
1: Yeah, it's drying up where I'm, I'll still play recreational part-time. I still love it because I've learned so much of it. There's, it's a never-ending game, the complexity of the game. You can go so deep into, like, basically strategy-wise. So I'll run it down to, like, small blind, big blind defense, small blind defense button cutoff, 3-betting, 4-betting, calling ranges, betting, C-flop, like, flop C-betting, textures, dynamic, static, t- dynamic boards, static boards. It's just from that little ramble right there. You're probably mine's ready for well, three bet ranges yeah, polarized, like, yeah. Yeah, depolarized, ball. betting merge betting. It's so, it's quite the game. But I just thought to myself this year in January, like I have to start thinking about a career too. And basically making ends meet is good and all that, and 3 dollars extra. But you just has got to. I got I got to do something more too. And, get out there and start a career so i was thinking like rcmp city cop pilot but not a pilot not art not Art's art it's a tough world man to make a living to like and then even i'm not the one to like put prices on my art too i hate doing that where uh, putting an hourly rate or a day rate or how much you charge for this shoot or for this i just I don't feel comfortable doing that, where to me, if I'm gonna go sell a piece of art, one of my photographs, it's (laughs) $10,000. You want it or not. Not I make that joke, but... But all in all, it it is tough to price art, your own art, because it's it's something that means, it's a meaning to you, where if you wanna sell one piece, it's one out of one, but if you mass produce it, one out of 10, one out of 100, then sure, you can give a discount to it that's if the supply is there the demand for it
0: Mm -hmm. but to make it
1: as an artist it's a tough gig
0: what have you thought about sort of that you know I mean I agree with you but that Mm -hmm. perspective with the Calgary scene itself I mean how do you find you know other Calgary photographers other Calgary artists other people in the biz Mm -hmm. has it been difficult have you tried has it been difficult to establish? I've really
1: tried and like go out and be connect. I've connected here and there, but I've, I've connected through like quality connections instead of quantity. Where if it happens, it just kind of it's that synchronicity comes down to and just where you are in the day and how you meet people and like the Calgary art scene is great too. It's oversaturated with photographers. But there are some great photographers out in the scene too, where it's you kind of look at their work and you're like, well, shit, man, it's not a niche market. Like, what am I gonna bring to it? And you gotta start thinking,
0: like a marketer, mm-hmm.
1: instead of you, a you gotta thinking like, what else do they need now? So that comes down to marketing stuff, and that's a grind too, where you're on your own. Or like going back to poker, like I can go make thirty dollars an hour, forty bucks an hour, US clear, income free, like.
0: Uh, I mean, the, the sort of narrowing focus, I think, of this podcast, at least in this iteration, yeah, is asking this specific question, which is, you know, is this a viable enterprise? Whether it's perspectives, whether it's being a photographer, whether it's being a painter, whether it's, you know, high level, low level, the guys that even make it, mm-hmm. the ones that are getting the big commercial jobs, the ones that don't make it, the hobbyists, I, I don't know yet. I don't have a that makes sense, uh, and that isn't defensive and wide, mm-hmm. but you know, you're leaving, and I, I wanted to get an idea of what your personal experiences were if you had pushed out there. And, you know, you already had the jobs yeah. uh, that we talked about last summer et cetera. And if there was anything about that experience that we should try to bring to light to see if we can start a conversation with either changing it or mm-hmm. trying something new. Yeah. I mean if there's anything that i think i want uh, out of all of this is to get this communal thought so that you know if you Philip david had this one experience yeah. positive or negative that has in some way influenced your decision as an artist to leave and do i mean just so that the listeners know you're not even leaving to another city to continue poker or photography or hmm. starting a completely new, yeah, it's a whole new from career. your history it sounds like this is a part of your character. But, but it's, a,
1: it's, yeah. a, it's an adventure. It's almost like it's a new chapter in my life yeah. where I think it's meant to be too because family is back in Saskatchewan. My old man's not really doing too well this month, so it's be good to see, hang out with him for the week. Or, but yeah, like Calgary's a good community and I'll miss it because of the connections and all. And even it's a great art scene too. Sure, you can make a few dollars in here and there, but it's like with anything I found with, I was thinking of staying, like, artistry, you have to have a couple of jobs where you can make that part-time job work by making ends meet and working 30 hours for $15 an hour. Where Alberta's really fortunate with that hourly compared to other provinces, yeah. And you can, it's, and Calgary's still affordable, in my opinion, compared to like Vancouver for art scene, Saskatchewan, sure, they might have an art scene. I'm not really in touch with anything like that, but. But even for myself, I'll still continue to shoot photographs. The past few months have been kind of tough. Toughness is in, like, just vision, perspective. I was going out there and shooting, too, but even the effort Sometimes it's it's a burnout. Yeah. I guess maybe I kind of hit that point too where I kind of burnt out maybe a little bit. Just grinding and like just only being at the stake levels I was at, like playing 1-2 online, 50 cent, $1, kind of mid stakes but not expecting where i wanted to be like maybe at 2 five, five, 10 online or so. So I was thinking just like career changes too. And kind of, Go back out there and work.
0: I have no doubt yeah. that wherever you go, a that you'll continue to take great photographs, and b that you'll continue to switch careers because it sounds like something you're just going to mm-hmm. be doing your whole life. But yeah, no, I, I'm glad we talked. I I agree with all your points, at least topically about that what might it's be like some where there
1: could be yeah, big discussions or arguments, even maybe with the artistry thing and like business yeah. and well, the, art where I, I know this, you're running a business and you've done actually well like seeing the progress well, Not through. financially
0: but uh, financially. Uh, no yeah.
1: no but it's a grind yeah, right?
0: where, yeah. well I, I was gonna say this uh, compared crazy. to like where we at from YYC6
1: yeah. and that chat and blaze pizza well, I, we
0: didn't get to but yeah. meeting in the lobby of my condos you bought uh, a tripod from me on Kijiji mm-hmm to yeah, here. We're, it's hard to comprehend never even met bought that tripod and then but this thing it's been coming up a lot but marketing versus artistry as a self-perception issue this idea that
1: is it coming up in other conversations
0: that and also my own you know existential whininess and yeah. spiritual reading and you know needing to like you make these decisions on which way to actually drive.
1: intuition as well like a lot of your like It comes from the subconscious mind, so you gotta believe and you gotta just say to yourself, you are established and you've made it, right? You gotta put that thought out there and just tell yourself every day.
0: Yeah, that's and then you go
1: out and you do it and just you make it happen to see it visually. You tell it like if you it's like basically you're having a conversation in your mind. That's how I see with photography as well. And I go out and I'm having a conversation with myself and my mind. Basically, it's it's my thoughts. I'm going out there to shoot, photograph, and I'm having conversations with my camera and my eyes, and it's going on a deeper level, yeah. Like and that. then from there, it's it's quite interesting too, where the characters you meet on the street, even yeah, have had many awesome conversations and chats with like the homeless, with the elderly, and the stories they tell me and the characters i mean it's i can't even re, i can't even yeah recall the words they said and all that i was like i have to record this and now i've
0: no i have even that on my
1: phone to record like there's a few conversations where it's just oh, quite right. the characters
0: some of my best conversations in the last year have been with uh, three uber uber drivers yeah. about uh, religion and society and cab drivers about you know, like, That's yeah. good you have you're that you're having Uber
1: conversations. A lot of them are like, they pick you up, they say hello and they well, drop you off you and, know, and say goodbye thanks for the trip. Either, so.
0: yeah. Yeah. Um, this is the thing. I mean, I, I think this is why I want to talk to. When we met at the party, I mean, we were just talking to Kitty, uh, owner of this place yeah. after Harvard like that party was insane it's on Friday actually, yeah huge success uh, I would be so like he's
1: had like a bunch of sees that sold yeah. right off the bat where and,
0: uh, I woke up
1: good work too and I'm yeah, proud of that kid for just yeah, amazing. putting that body of work yeah, amazing together time. in like two weeks three
0: weeks but for me personally you know by Monday I felt defeated I didn't want to do it anymore and I was almost going to call a cop shop and just quit. It's, it's this idea of... Uh, it's it's almost
1: like that dopamine too, where it's, it's like life thing where you've accomplished this. Like it was that goal, you set out that show, that goal, you sold it. It was that high point, it was great, it was good times. But then it's just going back now to the grind again. Yeah. Or it's tough.
0: Yeah.
1: Or it, but you just got to go out there and what's next? So
0: that what that other? adage, be careful what you wish for, because mm-hmm. you might just get it.
1: It's tough. And that's right, man. well but even like um but yeah i guess from my work too it's going to be interesting on moving back to like saskatchewan
0: yeah it'll be as good I to i grew see. up there i'm going to disconnect from social media but uh we'll have to keep in touch it's good the kind is is to kind of disconnect and like yeah we'll see but
1: essentially I don't even, it's just it's kind of disconnecting uh, from it like uh, just even turning yeah. off all notifications about what you need on your phone and then just keeping on social media, but setting aside like maybe an hour to kind of go on, do your things,
0: well, like this point, do your connects. You know, this conversation between your conscious and your subconscious. I mean, whether that becomes...
1: Those are two powerful things to right. like learn and read like, more about, about your mind. If, you're, if you can tap into the bottom of your subconscious, you're free. You're, you're not free, but you're ahead of yourself because every day is essentially being a better version of yourself where I think back of like even a week ago or two weeks ago or a month ago, what could I have done better about myself? And then and then you just kind of snap out of it and think of it, but now it's like, well, yeah. I'm doing it right now. And in an hour it's gonna be the past and now I'm here again. It's, time is. It feels like it's moving so fast. <laughs> we're thinking about it. it's already thursday and like there's i'm nice. heading out of here like on snow sunday snow and there's supposed snow snow. to be a
0: snowstorm coming man all right man thank I'm you to, yeah. i really appreciate it yeah keep we'll keep in touch i'll watch for the stories you're posting mm-hmm. you know, i was thinking when you were talking about the taking the photos to tell us i mean that's becoming a big theme too with, uh, with photography but the it context of been, some of your pieces, within uh, what you f- experienced in those years, would be interesting. Mm-mm. All right, man. All right. Cool. Thank you very much. You're very
1: welcome. Well, good I luck on your move. Kind of felt like that podcast, <laughs> more or less. It was a conversation between us, but I was thinking it more like a podcast term too, maybe.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. I'm gonna turn this off. Thank you to the Alberta Podcast Network for your support. Built by Karen Unland and powered by ATB Financial, the APN is an initiative to push Alberta-run podcasts to the next level. Podcasts like Eat More Barbecue, created by Ryan Sanderson. I've got a clip here to explain his work. Hi y'all, this is Ryan from the Eat More Barbecue podcast. I'm just a guy that loves slow-smoked southern barbecue. I love eating it, I love cooking it, and I really love talking about it. I want to help grow the barbecue culture here in alberta this podcast is a great way for me to share the stories of the people involved in the barbecue community like restaurant operators and competitive barbecue
1: cooks along the way i also visit with other folks like farmers distilleries breweries
0: and anything of interest to barbecue people a new episode comes out every wednesday wherever you listen to podcasts keep on smoking folks so if you're into meat and fire and things of that nature Check his work out at eatmorebarbecue.ca or look at all our friends' work at the Alberta Podcast Network on albertapodcastnetwork.com.